What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I appreciate you fellas as always. You know the drill. And as we talked about before, um, it is one of those situations where we continuously, continuously give thanks to those that are lost in 9-11. This is that day. And I remember where I was that day. I was just lost in the playoffs of a baseball season. And we were just getting ready to get on the bus to drive back from Edinburgh, Texas. So it was one of the strangest days of my life. And obviously one of those days that we will never, ever forget. Um, now let's get into this conversation. What a difference a year makes, right? Think about last year's game at home against Alabama. The eyes of a nation were on the game. The Texas football team played well, but they came up short. Season had its ups and downs. They end up going 11 and five, six and three in conference. But you saw what Sark was building during that time. The players have bought in. Fast forward to Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. Same scenario, but we had ourselves a different outcome. Welcome to Hanging with Harbaugh Harge here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. I am your host. Hardball Harge, Mr. 254. And today we will look at this past weekend's games featuring the Texas Longhorns versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. And of course, the Cowboys game versus the Giants as they annihilated and put everyone on record. I was talking about Daniel Jones being better than Dak Prescott. It's nonsense. And we'll get into those numbers. And of course, we'll talk about the Texans matchup against the Ravens. We won't spend a lot of time on that and you know why we will also take a trip out to boulder and get some of that legal smoke from prime time and his son shador but thank you all for tuning in let's get right into it make sure you hit like subscribe and continue to tell five friends to have them tell five friends and they continue to tell five friends so i want to make sure that we grow this thing right here with texas sports unfiltered you can also be a part of the show hit us up on the text line at 512 222-9328. Uh, we'll get into our sponsors in just a little bit because I know that they are happy and we want you to be happy as well. well. Let's talk about this Texas football game. And I know there is a lot of hype and everybody should be excited about it. I mean, enjoy it. Drink it up. Find a way to consume as much of this as you possibly can. As fans, as fans, I need you to just Go crazy with it. Those players, on the other hand, let's get regrouped. Let's get refocused. That was my biggest concern after Saturday's victory. Yes, there were some things that happened in the game that were beautiful. There was also some things that we always know that we need to clean up. And I tweeted right after the game, and people gave me a hard time for not enjoying the moment. But I did enjoy the moment. But I wanted to make sure that we put this out there. As good as this team played, there's still some things that need to be cleaned up. And they understand that. They know what they have to do to continue this journey, which everyone is looking at to be a Big 12 appearance, Big 12 championship appearance. That's still all in front of them. And we understand that. But the other part of it is this is going to be the hardest week of coaching 
for the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. And I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody's telling this team how great they are. They were. They were outstanding. It was, I had so much pride watching that game on Saturday. Yes, there were some nervous moments, but the players, the players believed in what their training put them through, what the coaching staff put them through, and knowing how close they were last year in multiple games, in multiple games. I wanted to see how they were going to react in that moment. And they proved to us that the moment was not too big. We talked on Friday, a special thanks to the folks out at COVID BK. We had a great time out there uh, breaking down and doing meet and greets with Michael Griffin. And he gave a little tutorial on the chalkboard on the uh, white dry erase so everybody could see what the defense or what can happen out there so shout out to my shout out to bk shout out to dan covert and all the coverts uh family that had us out there we had a great time but on friday i was talking about some of the things that i wanted to see from this football team a lot of it actually was my keys to the game some of the players that i wanted to see play well there was a lot of that that and here, here are some of the things that I brought up to the keys to the game. I said, stop me if you heard this before, Texas must deliver the first punch and then keep punching. I should have added on there, they have to be able to take a punch and react. That's where the fourth quarter came in. Texas reacted. They took a punch. Oh, Brian Denny Stadium was loud, but they never waited. You remember... People keep reverting back to the Arkansas game. And I I, even I brought it up. I was like, ooh, Coach Sark sitting on the sideline like, man, guys, we are bad. Didn't see that. Not one time. Coach Sark talked in the offseason about this is my team. This, I, 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 I see my team when I look at this Texas football team. He didn't wait. He didn't. He didn't battle back. He didn't look back and think, "Oh, this is this is bad." No, he went out and he recruited and he went and got guys that he thought fit his vision. He saw that this weekend on the sideline, as I told you in the opening monologue. I said there was ups and downs last year, but you saw what he was building. They went out to Tuscaloosa and they delivered a punch. And they kept punching. They took a punch. And then they brought it back to him. Delivered the knockout blow in Bryant Denny. A place where legends go to die. But legends can also be built there too. Don't forget that. And we'll get to that in a second. And then I brought up the fact that Texas must establish both lines of scrimmage. The O-line has to play much better than what they played last year. I mean, last week. Bama got some big boys that needed to be moved. Tough sledding. But remember, I told you, size does matter. And that offensive line, they were dominant. Quinn Ewers didn't get touched. Well, he got touched. But he didn't get sacked. Think about that. 
every time something happened, Texas had a counter counter action. They took a couple side jabs. They got hit in the ribs. They shook that off, came right back out. They got stumped a couple times, got that back out there. There are some things out there that you continue to watch and you always say, how is this team going to react? Got different leadership this year, guys. And you should be happy for that. And lastly, and this was the most important part of the game. I said they have to they have to take the crowd out of the game. And how do you do that? You must score and control the clock. Final drive. They took a knee in Tuscaloosa, folks. They took a knee in that stadium. Those Alabama fans didn't know what happened. Because you had to put some respect on number three's name. And most importantly, you had to understand what type of fight you were going to. And they were prepared. They were prepared. I kept saying, run the ball. Run the ball. I know you're not going to get a lot of yards. But you know what that does? It wears down the other team. You put yourself in another situation where you can set up your pass. Deep ball. (laughs) You bring those safeties up. You get the coverages you're looking for. And you can continue to make plays and advance the ball. Kept saying it. Kept saying it. And the one thing that I always talked about, too, I don't need Quinn to be a scrambler. I need Quinn to be an extender of drives by running when the opportunity gets there for you. That's what I'm saying. Look, I don't need Quinn to run like Jalen Milrow. I don't need Quinn to run like Sam Ellinger. I'm about to really throw y'all off. I need Quinn to run like Case McCoy. Case wasn't trying to get all up out of there. I'm just talking about get yourself a first down and extend some plays, extend the drive, give your team an opportunity, give Coach Sark an opportunity to get that back to you where you can get that money. That's what it's all about. That's how you look at this. That's the funny part to me. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Twitch entropy. That's a good point right here. You know, I'm hard. I'm giving you some philosophical with it, man. I'm doing some different things up in here. Just because of the fact that uh, you got to look at it in a different light sometimes because things are different. This team is evolving right in front of our eyes. And I'm giving to my girl Fancy right here. She brought it up. Ted Lasso mentality. Be a goldfish. Our guys had a short memory. They gave up a big play. But they were sharks on the next play, and it was wonderful. True. That is a true statement. They went out there and made plays. 
and they knew that they were on the biggest stage and they went out there and did what they were asked to do. That's the part that I'm excited about when you look at this football team. Now, as a whole, there's some things that they need to fix. There are some things that are going to be really uh, important as the season goes on. But can we talk about what our man Quinn Ewers was able to do? I said it last week. He has to make plays. He has to hit the deep ball. That's out the window. Don't talk about the deep ball no more around here. Coach Sark is having his presser right now, and I'm sure that was one of the conversations and one of the things that he said right away. Don't be talking about uh, the deep ball no more. Quinn came out here and did his thing. Quinn is here now, and that is the beautiful part of the success. This game was important, too, because Quinn jumped out there and I said, get the ball out of your hands quickly. If you're not going to run effectively, get the ball out quickly. That's what they did. They got the ball out, get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and let them go make plays. I thought Jonathan Brooks had a good football game. He was moving around. He was picking up blocks. He was picking up blitzes. There's still some things that the other backs have to work on, but I thought Jonathan Brooks did a great job complimenting finding space and being able to move the chains when needed to and put the team on his back when it was time to close out a game. Those were big plays. On Friday, I told you the player that I expected to have the biggest game was going to be JT Sanders. He was going to be the most effective part of the success of Texas's football game. Not only did he have uh, five catches for 114 yards, going over the 100 mark for the first time in his career, but he also had 69 yards after contact. After contact. Catch the ball in space, get a stiff arm, get up the field, get a 50-yard play. This is the first time we had over 50 yards uh, uh, play in, I believe, two, two seasons. Except for Casey Kane, I believe, in the bowl game. But this was beautiful, if you ask me. Xavier making a catch on the deep ball. Uh, A.D. Mitchell catch on the deep ball. Those were plays that we, we were missing. Uh, Texas was missing for quite some time. Now that's out. Now fans are now going to be, not fans, excuse me, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are looking at Texas in a different light now because two things happened that obviously we've been waiting for. The deep ball hit and Sark was patient with the deep ball. Now, when he when he got it, he was ready for it. He was, yeah, we're going to make this thing go. And we're going to see if Quinn can just stretch this thing out down the field. And at the very beginning of the game, he missed one. And then we had some drops. But all in all, I thought Quinn played a masterful game. That's why he was named the Maxwell uh, Walter Camp Player of the Week. So good for him and well-deserved. The, the Texas Longhorn team was just named the national uh, team in a, of the week by Cheesy. It's the cheesiest. They moved up in the ranking. They're up to number four in a couple polls and number six in another in a coach's poll. So how do you feel about that? I don't know. Uh, too high, too low. I was asking some of the colleagues. Some of them believe they should be the number two team because of the impressiveness of their win. And they went into Nick Saban's house and put them in the right, you know, put them in the, the spot. 
where you're like that don't that don't normally happen for fans like that but i mean for teams like that but when you sit here and you watch the game and i'm gonna watch it again and i'm sure everybody's gonna watch it because you're gonna live with it for a long time because this was huge in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about the history and the last couple times they knocked out the quarterbacks um the, the story of Nick Saban, the story of Coach Sarkeesian, who, I mean, if you heard him talk about what he felt about Coach uh, Saban and Alabama folks, it, uh, that was amazing to me. Some of that stuff I had no idea about. And that's the beauty of it. Some of the stuff, you don't need to know what happens off the field all the time. But I'm very, very impressed with Coach Sark's play calling. And I tweeted that out on Saturday. I said, PK and Coach Sark were in their bag. They they were on point with every single call that was being made. I was so impressed that it kind of threw me off because I, you know, you, you go into these games and you've seen shrinkage. You've seen some things come up a little short when you expect them to expand and, and flourish. This was the first time we got a chance to experience that. There was a lot of flourishing. There was a lot of expansion. There were some things that we weren't used to seeing. There was some plays where you're like, oh, man, that was designed. I told somebody this yesterday. I said this was the first time in a very long time that I've seen Texas wide receivers, whether it was tight ends, running back, shout out to my man Jay Witt, making plays all over the place as usual. But this was the first time, and I don't know how long, I got a chance to watch those types of skill players be that wide open since we were watching what C.D. Lamb in Oklahoma and you were leaving that game going, how are they that wide open all the time? I have no idea. I had no idea. But I will tell you this. The way that the schematic advantage that Coach Sark and the, the players were able to execute. We've all known that Sark was elite. Uh, play. It was all about the execution. And that right there was the, it was a work of art. It was masterful. Picasso. And the fact that his, his uh, muse was, um, uh, Quinn yours, who we, we've been giving a lot of crap. I've been telling everybody, Quinn yours is the starting quarterback for the University of Texas. I know everybody want to see Malik Murphy. I get it. But I want to see what this team can be with Quinn yours as the starting quarterback, the way that this offense should be run. And we got a glimpse into that. Now, do we believe that he's going to hit those deep balls every time? Are we still going to have some game where you're like, come on, Quinn, like, what are we doing? I still think he needs to work on his footwork still. He, he's, he believes in that arm, and, and rightfully so. When you're blessed with a cannon like that, which we still, I have still yet to see him step in and rip a ball. I'm talking about, I want to see a fastball just one time, just so I know you got it. But it's timing. His timing is, is impeccable. 
He's throwing it to the spots that Coach Sark wants him to be there. Did he miss a couple on the crosser? Yeah. Did he throw a couple behind some people? Yeah. But Worthy should have caught a ball. Jonathan Brooks should have caught one of the balls. And I still say, how are we not getting my man Jay Witt? Mr. Clutch. Mr. Clutch. Mr. Third down himself. We need to get him the ball and not when it's third down. He's, he's an important piece to the success of this team and the way that they go about it. I just love the fact of what he brings to the team every single time. And that is what I love about him. It is interesting to me, as always, that we can sit there and we can pick some things out. And last night, I think, or excuse me, Saturday, I think Jordan Whitting, Whittington had three of the, all three of his receptions were on third down and in a clutch situation where he was going to move the ball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that was three for 43 for 44. My man's a playmaker. I wish we could find a way to get him more. So it is, it is just one of those things uh, that I always look at and I'm like, what can we do that that we can do to get this team to be better. Now, because this was the measuring stick, and we talked about that last week. This was the measuring stick, but this isn't the end game. You've shown us what you're able to do. You've shown us that you have the elite players. You've shown us that with the right situation, you can make it go. In the way go, in the way it's supposed to be. So I want y'all all to understand what you saw is what you should expect every single week. Because they didn't play a perfect game. There were still some things that need to be shorn up. But what we did see is the heart and the determination and the grit. And the guys that you thought were going to make plays, they came to party. And I loved it. I had a bunch of people in my house, and we were into every single play. I'm talking about every single play. And that's what we got. We got some playmakers out there. Let me go back to, I told you a little while ago, my keys to the game. Let me go back to what I said about my players to watch in this game. My player to watch was Cedric Baxter. Said he got hurt last week, but Sark said he had a great week of practice. And he looked good. He was running hard. He even caught a screen pass that was uh, that he was very physical on the run. And I'm impressed with what this young man is bringing to the table. But Jonathan Brooks was the guy. Jonathan Brooks was the guy that came up and was delivering those clutch, clutch runs, those tough in-between-the-tackles runs. 
there were some things that Jonathan Brooks that I know everybody wants to anoint C.J. Baxter, but let's not sleep on my man Jonathan Brooks. The, the young player can play, and he's 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 bided for his time, and now his time is here. So let's let's let him have that. So here's the other part that I said. I said this is going to be a big game, a big game for the linebackers because of Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow's ability to run and extend plays, and he runs to run. But he's not trying to extend them. He's running to run. And what a beautiful game that was played by the players that I talked about. We talked about Jalen Ford and what he brings to the table. I mean, he's he, preseason. He's supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to be the defensive player of the year. That's outstanding to me. I also brought up David Bender going sideline to sideline, being able to show the speed as a former running back. Turn linebacker, David Bender, he's, 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 fit the, he's fit the bill for us. And that speed, the way he was hustling, there's a video clip that's out there right now. He got blocked. Oh, got up and made the play. That's what you want to see. That's that heart. That's that, that's that tenacity that these guys are bringing, that we've been waiting for. I, I saw Gary Johnson in him. Wearing that number 33, I saw Gary Johnson, the way he was just would not be denied. I saw that. Another guy that I brought up, Anthony Hill Jr. Now, we all know this is the time that those young players, the superstars, this is where you're going to find out who they are and find out if the moment's too big for those young type of players. The moment was not too big for that young man. As a matter of fact, he was out there making play after play Finished with six uh, six tackles, two sacks. What do you want? And another guy looking like all he needed was more wristbands and some straps on him. He'd have been like DeMarvian Overshaw. That's why they gave him the number. He was out there playing like a man possessed in hostile territory. On the road. In Bryant-Denny Stadium, Alabama where everybody wanted to be. And all, by the way, shout out to all those that traveled out there. I got a lot of texts, a lot of pictures. Uh, we're talking about how many Texas Longhorn fans were actually in the house. That is outstanding to me. I think that is great. That shows that you believe. I had some buddies talking about we was hitting on all cylinders out there. The crowd, the noise. Everybody was involved and engaged, and it was one of those moments that you go into somebody's house and you start moving furniture, as I told you before. But shout out to the young players, Anthony Hill Jr., two sacks. Ethan Burke. Ethan Burke is becoming that guy. Former lacrosse uh, football player coming off the edge. Young guy, built up, building his body up, figuring it all out. But he's got some good leverage, some lean, and he's also in that backfield more than a running back on the other team. This dude is going to be special. We talked about it. Texas football players. Texas has not had a double-digit sack guy since Jackson Jeff Cohn. That is a long, long time ago. Long time since that happened. So, shout out 
to those young players that are getting their opportunity and making the most of it. I also said the Kelvin Banks, he had a great game last year against Will Anderson. Can he keep Quinn yours upright? I think there was a report that came out. There was only, only three pressures by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Dallas Turner, by the way, you are a man. You're the one who hurt Quinn last year. You are flying to the football. You are a playmaker. But we weren't going to let you have that Yes, last on Saturday night, baby. We weren't going to give that to you. That was a thing of beauty, the way that that offensive line played. There's another video that's out there right now of my man Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson, who missed last week's game. There's also a video of DJ Kim mushing people out the way. Those are the nasty times that the offensive line has been playing with. This reminds me of the Casey Stutter girls. They are playing to the whistle, past the whistle, which is something we hadn't had here in a long time. So, yes. As fans, drink the Kool-Aid, sip it all, enjoy all of it. Let's just make sure that those players aren't reading their press clippings a little too much. Let's make sure that they're focusing on Wyoming. We can reap their praises and give it all to them. And again, it's deserved. But they need to lock back in because let's not forget Wyoming is a team that beat Texas Tech at home. Now, I know you're going to say Texas Tech's not that good. Don't matter. Y'all question Rice. Rice game didn't look good. Well, Rice went to U of H and beat them. So it just goes to show you that Rice team was a little bit better. But let's make sure that this Wyoming game does not take away all the good grace that you have created and all the hype of you being ranked high. And Jalen Ford put it out. We're not going to go for the rat poison. We're not going to chase the cheese. We got to get dialed back in. That's what a leader does. And that's what needs to happen in that locker room. And I'm thankful to hear that. So those are the types of things that Texas is fighting now. As I said, we can do it all. We can talk about it. We can build it up. We can do all these different things. But the way that they play is something that you should be very, very uh, proud of. I want to play this uh, little Sark sound on Quinn Ewers, who I told you went 24 of 38 for 349, three touchdowns. We could have had a couple more. My boy JT was mad because he said we should have beat him by three touchdowns if he hits a couple more of those passes. Well, those other wide receivers need to make plays for them too. But can this be a spring? This is Sark talking about a springboard for Quinn and yours. Uh, I think I think for Quinn, just like our entire team, why did we play good tonight? Uh, I think we played pretty good tonight because we prepared really well, we practiced really well. And so now for them to recognize that that's what it takes every week, that's what championship teams do. They don't have ups and downs in their preparation. They prepare right mentally. They prepare right. And then ultimately, performance, you know. So preparation. 
performance, and that's what Quinn did tonight. You know, I think he prepared great for the game. I think he had a really good understanding of what we were trying to do and why we were trying to do it. I think he uh, got through reads. You know, he never got stuck on his first read. He was able to work through his progression. Then he was able to bounce back when things weren't going great. So, uh, all in all, um, I think it can serve as a springboard for Quinn if he can recreate the habits, right, Sunday through Friday to get himself ready every Saturday. And that's the beautiful part of it. You have to go back. It's rinse and repeat, right? You can't. You have to go back out there and work on the things that brought you to the level of a of a great game. Because we've seen it. everybody keeps saying this is, you know, this is what would have happened last year if he didn't get hurt. We don't know that for sure. We don't know what he would have done in between there because he was back last year, and there were games where everybody was upset with him. So we can't say for sure that this was what would have happened last year. I thought we would. I mean. It's a 20 to 19 game. All signs point to he was on a great pace. I gave those numbers last week. He was on a great pace during that game. But we saw some regression with him, too, when he came back. We saw some frustration. We saw some things where he wasn't the leader that he is today. Everybody's been talking about it, about his leadership skills. But the biggest question, and everybody wanted to know, Quinn, yours, after the game, was asked, did this feel like a little bit of redemption? Uh, I wouldn't say a redemption, but like I said earlier, it sucks not to finish out that, that last game at home, especially. Um, but it was awesome to, to to come in here and, you know, do what we did. It's it's pretty rare, so it's a, it's a really cool feeling. It is a real cool feeling. Uh, the fans and the, the alumni feel that, too. Like I said, I've been getting hit up all weekend, even today talking about what they saw during the game and what they feel about this team and what's the energy around the team. And, you know, V.Y. made a comment uh, after the game where my guy Dennis De La Pena, and the comment was this team feels like what happened in 05. And that was interesting to me. You know, he said it felt like that game when they went to Ohio State and Texas was a seven-point dog in this game against Alabama, and then you win by double digits. But you still look at it and you say, are they at that point to where they can lock in? And I'm I'm hesitant. Then VY obviously is VY. He's around it. He sees it every day, and he understands and, and what's going on. But the reason why I say I'm hesitant is because when you have success and you've never had that type of success, are you able to handle it? Now, I trust the leadership. I trust the coaching staff. Tashar Choice with his running back crew, PK, the defensive back room, everybody that's involved, I, I said I see it, right? But I don't know that it's there. We'll learn a lot this week. And I know everybody, man, Marge, why you keep saying it? I'm, I'm just telling you, if you're not used to having this type of success and you have never catapulted into this level as the team, and some of these guys have been around for a long time, 
some of these younger players have been around, or some of these older players, excuse me, have been around through those lean, tough, trying years. They were here with the fives and sevens. Then last year, you go eight and five. This year, you're off the two and oh start, but what? Come on. Come on. Let's keep this party going because you do have the makings. I said 10 and two. I don't know where it is now because there are some teams that you think are going to be a little tougher than others that you're still trying to figure out. And you're like, wow, man, they're disappointing. But anybody can bite you, anybody can step up and get you. So, where I was before, still holding at that 10 and 2, just don't know where they are. And I still see Texas playing for uh, uh, a Big 12 championship. But can you maintain that level of focus, that level of intensity, and that level of commitment? The level of commitment is the, the part that I'm looking at. Got to stay committed to this. So it is, it is a real, real chance to, to really make a statement again this week. Because if you look throughout the nation, I mean, it's pretty much wide open and you're right in the mix of it. The only team that looks like they are a serious, serious problem is Florida State. We don't play them. Michigan looks good. We don't play them. And Notre Dame looks good. We don't play them. Now, you can say, well, those teams aren't playing anybody. That's fine. That's fine. It may not. But I will say this. This week, we will learn a lot about this football team. Can they handle success? That will be our biggest test right now. But let me tell you who can handle success. It's the folks folks over at Covert BK. They're nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful Texas Hill Country in BK. Covert BK uh, has three state-of-the-art auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those brands, they also have other brands that are Ford in the Huddle and Ford Lincoln, Ford Lincoln, excuse me, in Austin. Cobra B-Cave is the place that you want to go, even if you have to get some maintenance. They got 86 service bays throughout. So you won't be hanging out there. But if you are hanging out there, by the way, it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And they take care of you in there. As I said, we were there on Friday. Some of the nicest people you would ever want to be associated with. And that's what you get with the Covert family and Covert BK. Go to covertbcave.com and you can check out the inventory and see what kind of specials are out there. That's covertbcave.com. I want to transition a little bit and I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys performance last night over the New York Giants. I saw you earlier, Sal. I saw you earlier. I know it was rough for you, my brother. I was tickled with the performance. Because everybody, Kiki Barber, was talking about he would take Dak, I mean, excuse me, take Daniel Jones a hundred out of a hundred times over Dak Prescott. Come on, man. I know, Kiki, you, you, you were a big, big fan. You're a former player of Big Blue. 
You got to be supportive, but you're not a player on the team anymore. You don't have to make those types of statements that will come back to haunt you. Just so you know, and I, I believe any quarterback that would have went against the Dallas Cowboys defense last night, that would have been a problem for any quarterback. I don't care who you are. That was a performance of the lifetime by the Dallas Cowboys. That was something that I wasn't prepared to see. I knew the Cowboys defense was going to be good, but I did not know that they were going to be that type of defense. Knew they were going to be good, but I did not know that they were going to bring it and bring it like that. So last night, the Dallas Cowboys team were the first team. This is an all-time performance, guys. They had seven sacks. Micah Parsons leading the way. Dorrance uh, Armstrong out there. I mean, they were coming from all angles, and I felt so bad for Dave. They were calling running plays for him, and he's not fast enough to get outside of the Dallas Cowboys defense because that is what we saw. The Cowboys and the Texas Longhorns are leading parallel lives. I've been telling you that. I've been living that all my life. I can't have nice things. This is the first weekend where I've had some real nice things. And not only that, my son's Lone Star ECNL team, 08, they went 2-0 this weekend. So the Harge household was having a lot of fun this past weekend. I was ready for that, ready for that. So when you get you, you wait all weekend, you get to watch the Cowboys, and you're trying to figure out what this Texas Coast offense is going to be. But your offense doesn't even get on the field. Your offense doesn't even get on the field. And you're already up 13 points. Come on, man. 13 points? We got to find a kicker. Got to find a kicker. They told us that we got a kicker that was off the MLS team that hadn't even played football before, and he's our kicker. Like, what are we doing? How can we, how can the Cowboys can never find a kicker? That's what I'm trying to figure out. But anyway, they had seven sacks, two interceptions, one pick six, a block field goal for a touchdown, five forced fumbles, and they did not allow points. And Danny Dimes. You know, the one that Tiki Barber is all excited about with the Cowboys leading 26 to nothing with eight minutes left in the second quarter. This was his stats. <laughs> one of six, zero yard passing, zero TDs, two interceptions, and one hundred and sixty million dollar contract. I want to give you some more numbers because we're not even going to talk about the Cowboys offense. They ran the ball, got two rushing touchdowns. They controlled it. They did the things that they said they were going to do, not make Dak to make a lot of passes that he doesn't have to. And if you got a chance to run the ball, shout out to Deuce Vaughn, got his chance to play late in the game. I see you, young fella, but Tony Pollard, he does not look as explosive as he once did. He does not look as, as explosive. As he did, but I think, you know, he's coming off the injury. I think he's going to be okay. The defense is what we're going to talk about. And in in just like in San Francisco, their biggest parts are their defense. Their defense is the key for them and the success that they had. There's a lot to do with their defense. Brock Purdy looked great yesterday. I mean, golly, this dude is Mr. Irrelevant, which I didn't think so. 
but he got a chance. He's in an offense that he can thrive in. He's making it happen. But back to the Dallas Cowboys. This is from Next Gen Stats. The Cowboys generated pressure on 23 of the 37 dropbacks. That's 62%. The fourth, high, fourth highest pressure rate since 2019. Dallas had eight defenders uh, to generate multiple pressures, including four with at least five pressures. And those people are Micah Parsons. He had six. Dante Fowler. He had six. Uh, Osa. Udiga Wazawe. He had six. Dorrance Armstrong, who I mentioned earlier. He had six, five. And Demarcus Lawrence, who was blowing up every single play to clear the way. For Michael Parsons, who, by the way, he didn't need to, he didn't need to become that yesterday, but he did a lot in the in the pressure rate. So that is huge, huge how that how that all turned out. So for me, for the Cowboys to go out there and set a statement like that, raining in New York, all the hype. By the way, New York was a playoff team last year. They did not look good. And my man, Les, Les Logan. Let's see where hard Dak is an average QB. I love my Cowboys, but thank God for that defense. Without them, we wouldn't stand a chance to make the playoffs. I disagree on that, but I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to let you make it with that. I'll let you have that. In case you didn't know, you knew. Boy, come on, man. He's here with us, man. He's here. Dak is in the house. And I would encourage everybody. I would encourage everybody. And this goes back to what I was saying about Quinn Ewers, too. Because everybody was jumping off the boat. Everybody didn't want to believe in what Quinn Ewers was bringing to the table. And I kept saying, this dude is a five-star. He is a five-star quarterback. And I know a lot of people don't believe in the rankings, and that's fair. Because there's some rankings that I see that I'm like, what? How, how did y'all get to that number? But if the talent and the ability to throw the football leads you to this, let it happen. Let it manifest. Dak Prescott, I'll take him as an average QB. Long as we win in games. Long as they, hey, and by the way, Get prepared to pay Dak some more money, guys. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Just so y'all know, he's the Dallas Cowboy. Go lie. Um, but yeah, so I sit here and you look at the NFL, Tua Tagovailoa and what Miami was able to do. That was amazing. That was a shootout. Hey, did y'all notice too that anytime they got close to the goal line, that is. Uh, I want to keep calling them San Diego, but the L.A. Chargers, you saw Kellen Moore still throwing passes on the goal line. Come on, man, run the ball. Austin Eckler did a good job. He got a rushing touchdown. But for the most part, they were throwing passes near the goal line. What did the Cowboys do? They ran the football. They got, they punched it in. And what does that do? Brains that clock. Brains that clock. That's what it's all about. So you look across the NFL, you saw San Francisco. As I said, Brock Purdy's still looking good. That defense is still bringing it. Bosa's back. You look at the AFC, you look at uh, Joe Burrow, 
big money contract. Where's the outrage? Where's the, oh, they should have never gave him all that money. I know, I know. He went to the Super Bowl. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. I get it all. But the narrative seems to change whenever it's not helping you. I mean, if if Dak Prescott would have went out there and get through for 82 yards, y'all would have had Trey Lance started. I don't even know who Cincinnati Bengals backup quarterback is. But y'all already would have had Trey Lance over there. He was a third quarterback too, by the way. He hadn't come in and taken it from Cooper Rush yet. But uh, we shall see. I digress. But you sit and you look at how that game was played in the dominance in which the Cleveland Browns have dominated the Cincinnati Bengals. It is not, not going to be a bad year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you believe in Cleveland like that? I think Miles Garrett, him and him and uh, Michael Parsons are going to be pushing each other for the defensive player of the year because Miles, Miles Garrett was wrecking havoc yesterday on that offensive line. And what has been the biggest difference for Cincinnati every single year? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Offensive line. You're paying a quarterback a lot of money, but you don't have a, the best offensive line in the game. You better work on that. The Texans, I see what you're trying to do, D'Amico Ryans. I see what you're trying to do. It just didn't work out yesterday against Baltimore. Baltimore lost J.K. Dobbins. Dang it. That young man cannot stay healthy. Right here from LaGrange, Texas. But I don't know if there was any more dominant performance than the Dallas Cowboys performance last night against a playoff team from last year. Don't discredit what the Cowboys did and was able to do on a a night where they could have played bad. They could have turned the ball over like the, the, the Giants did. But they came out, they made plays. That defense is going to be a top five defense. We talked about that before. I still firmly, and there's nothing that they showed me yesterday that is going to make me do any different. I might be in a top two, type three defense, if not the number one defense. And if the defense takes us to the playoffs and gets us to the Super Bowl, I'm down with it. Because we saw what happened with Ray Lewis and his crew was able to do that. I've got no problem with that. So no matter what, take it all in. Rejoice if you're a Cowboys fan. Rejoice if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. Sip the Kool-Aid for today. But let's get focused to next week. Because you can fill out a scouting report tonight on the Cowboys' next opponent. 
which will be the New York Jets, who take on the Buffalo Bills in a divisional matchup. Come, AFC. And you can see who's going to keep pace with those Miami Dolphins who are Tyreek Hill's going for 2,000 yards, folks. My son, DJ, who I will have him on here whenever they get a chance out of school. He'll do a show with me one day. But we were talking last night because he's a huge, huge Russell Wilson fan. Huge. And wherever Russ goes, he goes. So he's the same with Russell Westbrook. Don't ask me who the Russells are. I've got to start asking his mom. He knew a Russell back in the day. I wonder why he likes these Russells so much. But you watch him in the way that he and uh, Sean Payton kind of work together. They looked okay. They were making plays. Shout out little Jordan Humphrey, touchdown yesterday. Shout out Bijan, touchdown yesterday. Shout out Rojan, who took somebody's heart yesterday by running him over and then getting into the end zone. Boom. Thank you, CB, for letting me know. Caden Stearns. Yep, I saw that. I didn't realize he was out for the season, but I knew that he was hurt. Um, yeah. I mean, you sit and you look at that relationship, and is this a year where a guy like Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl champion, makes some plays off schedule, he does some things differently, but are he and... Um, Sean Payton going to mesh. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because that AFC West, which has, which has um, Kansas City, who took an L, who has Las Vegas, who beat them yesterday, only by one point, but Las Vegas won that. The Chargers, who looks to be like they're going to put it up. But then you see Denver. What is that AFC West going to play out at? It's going to be real interesting to see how it all comes down. But the only way you're going to be able to see that is if you call my friend Tom McKay over at Audiovisual Consultations. They got the great setups. Whether you want a home theater, you want some lighting, he can do it all for you. All you have to do is dial 512-255-8678. Or go online at abconsultations.com. That is abconsultations.com. You saw the setup with my man Wags right before this. And I have a setup. That's why I was able to watch all these games this past weekend. I've got the multi-TV setup. I don't have as many as Wags or as many as uh, my man BK. But I do have the Tom McKay setup. Have Tom and his crew come and set you up. And if you're at a sports bar, uh, by the way, ESPN, ESPN, and Spectrum, and Disney, they're all back on. So if you are Spectrum, you get a chance to watch the TV and you're back on the NFL game. Amazing how that worked out for Monday Night Football. I bet you Troy Aikman and Joe Buck said, y'all better get this done if y'all want to make sure y'all keep paying us them top dollars. So make sure that Tom comes through at Tom uh, at avconsultations.com. We went through a lot today. There is so much more to get into this week. I'm going to have uh, some some guests on this week. Uh, actually, I will be on ESPN Radio tonight in New York. I mean, in Bristol with my man Q. I'll post something to let you know what time 
I'll be on there. I'm sure a lot of you will be asleep. I know that. I, if it wasn't for my boy Q, I wouldn't be awake for it either. But I'm going to watch that uh, game tonight. I'm going to judge it. I'm going to see what the Jets are working with. We know what Garrett Wilson's able to do. And we will also have some comments tomorrow talking about what Sark had to say at his presser today. Because I'm sure he's 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 reeling everybody in. I don't think he's going to put too much into the game against Alabama because every week is a new week. And we heard, we heard from, from Jalen Ford, don't buy into the other, the hype. don't buy into the hype because now the real work is about to begin. They've been preparing for that game. And I said Friday, this is a big game for PK. This was going to be a big game for PK. And PK answered it. He put those guys in the right position. They executed it. And they went and got it. That is what it's all about. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what this week is going to be like. Texas will be hosting Wyoming. Wyoming's coming in 2-0. They had another big win. And I told y'all I was going to take a trip out to Colorado. My man Shador Sanders, Dion. Everybody's talking that trash. Everybody's waiting for him to fit. And I understand some people can't handle the cockiness, but if you've ever paid attention to what Dion is, he's somebody that backs it up. Let's not forget, dude played in the major leagues and played uh, NFL football at the same time. He may be brash, and it may not be for everybody, but don't pray for the downfall. They're tight end. I think he's number 84 was on that team last year. They won one game last year. They basically exceeded that. They beat their rival, Nebraska. Beat them soundly after they didn't play a good game. But you know who did? Their defense. Their defense, bend but don't break. They played tough. They forced fumbles. They They made them turn the ball over. That was a great performance. And Shador Sanders, the quarterback, not only is he in the, not only is Quinn yours in the Heisman conversation, so is Shador Sanders. He's got an elite passing arm. Everybody keeps saying that he's not elite. Disagree. He's pinpoint with the accuracy. He's got 901 passing yards to zero turnovers. He threw the ball to nine different receivers. Y'all best believe they come. They hear, but they come. But guess who else is here? And he's coming. My man, Trey Ellis. There he is. What up, Trey? What's happening, Mike? How we doing today? We are good, my friend. It's a good weekend for Longhorn fans. Great weekend for Cowboys fans. And... Not so much with the Aggies, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and all the other folks, especially in Waco. I am setting, shedding rather, so many tears for those programs. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad I had the Texas game to cling to because it was a terrible NFL day for me yesterday in terms of fantasy. I'm a Cowboys hater, so to watch things play out like it did last night, too, is also 
not something that I enjoy, but fortunately, uh, the program that will be going on for the next two and a half hours is going to talk a whole lot more Texas Bama than anything else. I love it. I love it. There they are, Trey and BK coming up next. And always remember, don't believe everything that you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.